Seltzer Kings podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I don't know, Gavin. Like every American infomercial is made with the same level of skill and craft as everything on the BBC. Yes. The following podcast contains. You used to be a kind, loving man, and now you're a foul mouthed monster. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you got drunk and ordered that bedazzler for your mom, when you knew all along you were going to use it for yourself, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is episode number 388, the As Seen on TV edition of the show, where we talk about the golden age of the worst marketing method ever invented, the infomercial. Stay tuned. What the hell we think of podcast is brought to you by the Beer Bladder, new from Dave Co. Industries. Why should you pay outrageous prices for beer at some stadium or concert when you can have fresh cold beer right on your body with the new Beer Bladder from Dave Co.? Simply strap it over your own beer gut, connect the cooler batteries, and charge with replaceable CO2 cartridges, then hit the tap wherever you go. No more waiting in line at the game, no more waiting through crowds at the music festival, just pour it straight from the Beer Bladder into your bladder. Coming in 6, 12, and 24-can sizes, the Beer Bladder is the answer to all your beer needs. Act now, and Dave Co. will include for free the Shot Foam, a liquor flask that looks exactly like a smartphone so no one will know you're packing the hard stuff. Free, if you just pay additional shipping and handling. Order now to get your Beer Bladder and free Shot Foam, and for just three easy payments of $24.99, call 1-800-BEER-ME and get your Beer Bladder and free Shot Foam from Dave Co. today. Is opening a can for you a hopeless endeavor? Do you often forget that hot things are hot? Wish there was a better way? Well, actually, there already is. It's called Do It The Right Way. You are a fully functioning human person with a brain, eyes, and a face on top. Combine that with hands and a state of semi-consciousness and you, yes, you can do it the right way. Products were designed to complete simple tasks, but for some reason, you decided not to use them that way. How you made it this far in life, we'll never know. Uh-oh, can't handle your Tupperware because you have the organizational skills of a blind manatee? Well, try doing it the right way. See, the right way works. The wrong way doesn't. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't believe you. Have trouble making the easiest food ever? Of course you do. Have you ever tried to do it the right way? I already know the answer is no. Oh, now you're using a knife. Well, that seems like a terrible idea. And it was. Do you have both hands, but yet you still can't wipe your own ass? Kill yourself. It really is easier to do things the right way. So start today. And if you call now, assuming you know which end of the phone to talk into, we'll send you this complimentary grab bag of choking hazards labeled do not eat. Just to kind of, you know, see what happens. Call in the next 15 minutes and we'll encourage you to jump into a trash can fire. Please die. One of the strangest parts of my modern life is how few commercials I see on a daily basis. What world are you from? This one. I've just discovered that with a minimal amount of effort and some free software, 
I can reduce the number of advertisements I see to nearly zero. Are you a wizard? Not at all. Ad blockers are everywhere, and once you download and install them, you'll be amazed by the difference. Like, I never see any ads at all on YouTube, and I use a browser plugin on Facebook that nuke sponsored post. My web browsing experience is remarkably ad-free. Television? Oh, Stephen Sermons Torrance. I, I, I don't even own a television. I mean, I still see the occasional ads and the sponsor crap on Google search results and, of course, their podcast. But for the most part, I've reduced the amount of bullshit ads I see in my life by 90%. It's extremely liberating. But it's also kind of strange. Because for the majority of my life, I was deeply connected to the zeitgeist through the medium of advertising. Advertising is so deeply connected to my life experience that I use old ads heavily in this low-rated podcast. It's time for Lifestyles of the Original Party Animal with the Grand Poobar of Partyometry, Bud Light's own Spud McKenzie. You probably noticed that. And the reason I do it is because I think of this classic television. The same way I think of those classic television shows. I could spend hours watching old TV ads on YouTube, and if I hear a jingle from my childhood, I'll have that son of a bitch in my fucking head all day. Sad old man. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm a sad old man, but look, advertising today is different than it was back then. I mean, you've all watched Mad Men. You know what I'm talking about. The creators and the ads in those days worked hard to create memorable content that embedded itself in your brain right next to the happy memories of your childhood so that you would continue to buy their products well into your dotage. Coke. See? We drank it. These days, a crafted message designed to lodge in your nostalgia center is just dead and gone. Quality is totally replaced by quantity. It's just way cheaper to flood you with bullshit all day, every day, than it is to painstakingly craft a message, and I can tell you exactly when things changed. It turns out vis-a-vis the uh, fragmenting of the, uh, the audience due to cable television. And thus, the rise of the late-night commercial, and particularly the infomercial. We talked about the king of TV commercials back in episode number 325, Operators Are Standing, by Ron Popeil. I'm gonna keep plugging away for a bit. But for all of his quantity, Ron was but the tip of the shitberg when it came to commercials. Because I'm old, I can remember the days in the before time. Before what? Oh, my sweet summer children. Once upon a time, Television stopped working pretty much after midnight. At this time, KHJ-TV ends its broadcast day. KHJ-TV Los Angeles is owned and operated by RKO General Incorporated, with studios located at 5515 Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, and transmitter located atop Mount Wilson. KHJ-TV operates on Channel 9. Then they would play the national anthem, and the TV would go to static, and you would have to turn it off and go to bed. Those were dark times. Shameful times. But starting in 1980, with the expansion of cable television, more and more stations began running 24-7, and one station in particular became the very first 24-hour television station. At this very moment, no matter what time it is, America is receiving information and news from all over the world. Never before has television news had the immediacy, the thoroughness that it does now. Introducing the Cable News Network. The news, 24 hours every day. The Cable News Network. And it didn't take long for more stations to go round the clock. So now, 
you had a lot of airtime to fill and only so many syndicated shows from the 60s to fill it with. The rational person might think, couldn't they just, you know, make more shows? But the thing is, television shows are expensive to make. You have to pay a lot of people union-scale money to make them. And then you spend money to on the equipment to broadcast those shows around the world. So if you're spending that kind of money, you really want people to, you know, watch them. And in the early days, there just weren't enough insomniacs, midnight watchmen, and middle-aged divorced men sitting alone in a grubby apartment wondering what was wrong with their life at 3 a.m. to make putting original content out at the middle of the night profitable. And even the reruns were really more expensive than they were worth, so TV executives were in a real pickle. That's when some genius had an idea. Just, just go to commercial. Enter Kevin Harrington. Quoting from KevinHarrington.tv, quote, Meet Kevin Harrington, inventor of the infomercial, shark on Shark Tank, Fortune 100 investor, philanthropist, author, Kevin has done it all. Kevin is one of the principal pioneers of the as-seen-on-TV industry as the owner of as-seen-on-TV, Inc. and as-seen-on-TV.com. Kevin has launched over 1,000 products in 100 countries in dozens of languages, creating over $6 billion in global sales, unquote. Television, of course, was born on commercials, and for its early years, sponsors would pay for exclusivity on a show. Given to shows like the Hallmark Hall of Fame, the Texaco Star Theater, the Colgate Comedy Hour, the Kraft Television Theater, but eventually the FCC created mandates on how much of any given hour of programming could be considered advertising, and the 30-second ad spot was born. However, someone came along, and they thought, eh, you know what? We shouldn't be telling corporations how to spend their money, and that someone ordered the FCC to get rid of those constraints in 1981. Would you, would you like to guess who that was? Reagan. Reagan. You see, I went with a drop there because I just played Peter Griffith and I didn't want to do it twice in a row. And by 1984, Kevin Harrington's monstrosity, the infomercial and late night commercials began to fill the airwaves. Wikipedia tells us, quote, an infomercial is a form of television commercial that, res that resembles regular TV programming, yes, and intended to promote or sell a product, service, or idea. Generally, it includes a toll-free telephone number or website, most often used as a form of direct response television. They are often program-length commercials and are typically 28 minutes and 30 seconds to 58 minutes and 30 seconds in length, unquote. And if you've ever been awake after midnight, you know exactly what an infomercial is. This is my George Foreman family-sized grill. And they last all night long. Properly speaking, those minute-long spots we generally call infomercials are not actually infomercials. They're just ad spots snipped out of a full-length production. But I'm fairly certain no one is willing to sit through me playing a full 30 minutes of Paint your bald spot. So I won't be playing them. And you've all seen them, so I can be brief in my explanation. A proper infomercial is 30 minutes long pre a presentation for a specific product or service. It's usually presented as a talk show, where a host brings out several guests to extol the virtues of whatever piece of shit they're trying to sell you by demonstrating its uses. Be that a revolutionary new way to fry meat, or a, new, a revolutionary new way to add sequins to your clothes, or a revolutionary new way to braid your hair with a power drill. 
And they follow that up with repeated calls to action for the viewers to, uh... Call now! Because at this price, they won't last long. You might remember just a few minutes ago I mentioned how creating a television show was really expensive and wondering why these 30-minute shows selling cheap, shitty products are in any way profitable for the advertiser. Oh, I was wondering about that. Well, surprise, they were. The New York Times wrote in 1994, quote, The programs sell skin care products, kitchen appliances, fitness equipment, self-improvement videos, nonprofit organizations, and presidential candidates. That is in addition to the 24-hour shopping channels. Those infomercials have become so popular over the last five years that nationwide sales generated by them increased to $900 million last year from $300 million in 1988. The National Infomercial Marketing Association predicts sales of $1 billion this year. Unquote. All in all, an infomercial can be produced for metaphorical pennies, aired for nickels, and roll in the dollars. It's a good deal for everyone involved, except the poor schmuck who gets drunk and buys a salad shooter at 4 a.m. Why is this? Well, first of all, these are not television shows properly. They don't fall under the same rules for the unions as something produced in Hollywood for entertainment. Indeed, many of the people involved in their production work for the company's marketing department and aren't even in a union. Second, we're not talking about prestige TV here. It's a soundstage, a couple of cameras, and whatever local actors they can dredge up. And finally, if there is a celebrity, they're well past their sell-by dates, so they're not demanding top dollar. The New York Times wrote in 2018, quote, The infomercial landscape came to resemble a zombie apocalypse of celebrity undead. Many of their past their primetime stars suddenly seemed to be beaming into our living rooms. There was Linda Gray, late of Dallas, alongside James Brolin, hawking the secret of casting your future. Makeup mogul Victoria Jackson was trying to sell $150 million worth of cosmetics through her beauty breakthroughs with Meredith Baxter and Ally McGraw. Inevitably, Richard Simmons showed up with a mawkish pitch for his deal-a-meal diet plan. Even actual A-listers Jane Fonda, Martin Sheen, and arguably Cher stopped to conquer. Jessica Hahn, a former church secretary who was famous for her part in a sex scandal that helped bring down televangelist Jim Baker, cashed in on her notoriety by hopping a steamy 1-900 line called Love Phone, unquote. One of the biggest purchases of infomercials were self-help gurus who were helping themselves to millions of dollars by pitching themselves via infomercials. The following is a paid presentation of Guthy Brinker Corporation. In the last year, over 50 million people met a remarkable man named Anthony Robbins. Since then, his personal power audio program has helped hundreds of thousands of people master their finances, improve the quality of their relationships, and achieve peak physical performance. What is it that motivates world-class athletes, U.S. Army sharpshooters, medical professionals? I guess there's just something about being awake at 3 a.m. watching television that makes you think maybe you aren't exactly living your best life or something. That's probably the key to the whole infomercial experience. You need to be zoned out either from lack of sleeps or some pretty hardcore substances for them to have any effect on you. There's a, something mesmerizing about the darkness. Maybe you're in bed, but more likely you're sitting on your couch, staring blank-eyed at the screen when suddenly... The following is a paid advertisement. And then 
you're in their world. And their world is a very strange one. Oh, no, you missed that pot again. You probably don't have enough time to practice. You can have more time to practice your putting with the Potty Putter, the amazing new toilet time golf game that lets you practice your putting on the potty. Right now, you are thinking that this is clearly a parody ad. But oh, no, pod friends. It was, and it is, very real. And yes... You can buy one today. I just looked it up on Amazon. Then there was, and indeed still is, the... Uh... Does the shoulder strap of your car cut into your shoulder? Is your shoulder strap too tight and annoying? Introducing the Titty Bear, the cute little guy that eliminates all those problems. Designed to make driving more comfortable, the Titty Bear snaps onto your shoulder strap and moves up and down to remove the pressure wherever you need it. My shoulder strap used to pull so tight, I could hardly breathe. Now with the Titty Bear, I really enjoy traveling again. The Titty Bear, spelled T-I-double-D-Y, is exactly what it says it is. A seatbelt add-on that keeps the belt from chafing your boobs. Let me tell you, the visuals on this commercial do not stint on women in low-cut tops adjusting their Titty Bear to protect their cleavage from discomfort. And who among us, after we've seen a couple of titty bears, has not been sitting there and thought, yeah, this is as low as I'm going to go, and what I really need is a... The legendary Ginsu knife. It was the sharpest offer on television. But now, there's the next generation. Ginsu world class. So I can uh, open a vein. Because I have just spent 30 minutes watching a shitty knife carve up aluminum cans and then cut a tomato at 4.30 a.m. Now, a huge market reflected the fattening of America. And as America grew larger, so did our delusions that someday we were going to get our fat asses in shape. And by God, corporations were going to sell you something to pretend that you would use to do just that. Now you can put the gym in the palm of your hand. Introducing the Ultraflex. Even if you've only got 10 minutes here and there throughout your day, with just eight quick and easy Ultraflex moves, you can get the body you want in the time you've got. Speaking of low-cut tops, every exercise machine infomercial had to feature multiple women in skin-tight workout clothes, bending, flexing, squatting, thrusting, and pressing themselves to a thumping beat, all to convince you, the fat slub sitting in your underwear at 2 a.m., that yes, you too could be just as cut as Mario Lopez in just a few short weeks if you bought the amazing device for four easy payments of $99.99. So it was, woozy from lack of sleep, horny from lack of sex, you find yourself giving your credit card number to an operator in Mumbai and receiving your very own exercise machine that you will use once if... Well, maybe once. And then it will become a clothes hanger for the next few years until you finally admit to yourself that you will never, ever, never step, stretch, or row your way to fitness and leave it on the street side. That's when the companies will come by, pick it up in the middle of the night, and sell it to the very next night to some other tubby insomniac. I'm convinced that they only make about 100 or so of these machines and just recycle them to a new person every year or so. And hey, look, we aren't all just fat. Many of us are bald as well. I'm Cy Sperling, president of the Hair Club for Men. Now, if you couldn't afford the Hair Club for Men, which 
I have to admit, it's rather expensive, even though I have a full and luxurious head of hair. Some of us just needed a little something to uh, tide us over until we could afford Cy Sperling. GLH means great looking hair. Just spray GLH on and it instantly covers your bald spot, leaving you with great looking hair. And no wonder you aren't sleeping, you're fat, bald, and probably lonely, which is why you should definitely meet someone. But you know, that can be hard. But don't worry, late night infomercials can be there to help. Thank goodness, committed, honest relationships have not gone out of style. There really are people out there who still believe in a solid, loving relationship, and we only accept people with that kind of commitment. They really are out there. They're just having a hard time finding each other. And that's where we come in. That's our job. In Indianapolis, call 844-DATE. But you know, it's the middle of the night. You're not going to get a date from a dating service, especially in the 1990s overnight. So you're probably going to need something to tide you over until you get your dating profile set up. Which is why uh, some evil geniuses advertise this. This video contains adult content not suitable for children. Join us as we make the rounds with sorority girls, college cuties, and the girl next door in the all-new Girls Gone Wild College Girls Exposed. It's hotter, sexier, and wilder than ever in this totally uncensored video packed with hundreds of beautiful, real college girls unbuttoned and out of control. It's not sold in stores and can't be shown on TV, but you can call now and get the all-new Girls Gone Wild College Girls Exposed on video or DVD for the unbelievable low price of only $9.99. It took a marketing genius and come to find out an actual sexual predator to devise such an insidious commercial featuring nubile young college girls showing their everything on beaches while incredibly intoxicated. You know, I went to college during the peak girls gone wild years, and I never once saw a group of drunk girls flashing their tits to everyone. Now, maybe I wasn't invited to the right party to these parties, and admittedly, I didn't spring break in Tallahassee or wherever the fuck these people went. But you would think just once, just one time, I would see, but nothing. Maybe it was because it was only happening in state schools. Oh, humble brag, humble brag, humble brag. And after you've commuted a few, committed a few mortal sins by watching Girls Gone Wild, late night television and infomercials were there to care for your mortal soul as well because televangelists were big into buying late night and early morning airtime to give you Jesus in exchange for a small donation for the private jet the Lord told them they needed in a dream. Coming up on today's telecast. There's a woman, she's holding up her cage. She said, Brother Popoff, throw it. Televangelists bought their airtime from the same brokers who sold infomercials like Girls Gone Wild to television stations. And of course, the televangelists sold many, many other things too. From a 2007 ABC News story, quote, an energetic announcer promises that God can reverse every negative verdict in your life. And the star of the show, Popoff, pronounces that he has the key to success and healing. A small plastic packet filled with miracle spring water. And he will mail it to you for free of charge and promises that if you send away for the water, you'll receive miracle release, miracle money, miracle healing, and miracle deliverance from your life as a result. And a miracle was exactly what Carol Bercier felt that she needed. In 2001, both of her sons had been diagnosed with serious illnesses and she was desperate for help. When Bercier came across Popoff's television ministry, 
she said that she was quickly drawn to him. I saw him. He's talking straight to me like he was... Well, he's just telling me exactly what I was going through. So, of course, I call. I call right away. And she soon received her miracle water in the mail, along with a letter from Popoff. 2020 attained a similar letter, which claims the miracle water comes from a Russian spring that, after the Chernobyl nuclear accident, had actually protected those who drank it, unquote. Just a quick thing that I should probably tell you that you should already know, but don't, but maybe don't. Chernobyl was in Ukraine, not, uh, not Russia. Of course, not long after you got your miracle water, that's when the letters begging for money would come along. Because Popov and indeed a lot of the Jesus hucksters could make a great deal of money by bilking people in desperate needs, and they did that by selling them during these commercials. He was and is a total fraud and still selling his magical water to gullible people today. But there was one dude, one guy, who used infomercials to do something amazing, something unprecedented, something unthinkable, and came very close to pulling it off, closer than anyone else in history. We will now bring you one of those 30-minute commercials entitled Chicken Feathers, Deep Voodoo, and the American Dream. You know, every time Governor Clinton brought up anything in the debates about how you fix a problem that faces a nation, he told us how he fixed it in Arkansas. In 1992, H. Ross Perot, American business magnate, billionaire, politician, and philanthropist, he was the founder and chief executive officer of Electronic Data Systems and Perot Systems, decided that he was going to run for president on the third-party ticket. And he was going to use the power of the infomercial to do it. Well, the infomercial and a lot of Larry King. Paint your bald spot. He was going to do this by buying 30-minute blocks of television and running infomercials explaining why you should vote for him and not George H.W. Bush or Bill Clinton. The draft Perot movement wasn't so much a draft Perot movement because Perot was telling people, hey, if y'all want me to really be president, you should get my name on all the ballots in all the states. And they did. And after they did this, Perot began to air his spots explaining with charts and graphics and folksy aphorism what was wrong with Washington, D.C., and that he should be the man to fix it. He was never entirely clear on how he would fix it. But look, look at all these charts and graphs. I mean, surely a guy with that many charts and graphs must know something about how to fix America. He had so many charts and graphs. And look, he, he, he talked like an old-timey guy. You should vote for him. The full tale of Ross Perot is, like I said, a show in and of itself. So all you need to know is after dropping out, quasi-endorsing Bill Clinton, and then jumping back in, he still, on the power of 30-minute commercials and Larry King, managed to get over 19 million votes. The largest third-party vote total in history. Though, he never even claimed close to getting a single electoral college vote. But still, it's impressive 
And that is the power of an infomercial. His biggest accomplishment was siphoning off enough support from Poppy Bush that Bill Clinton handily won in 1992. Something the GOP has never gotten over. They, to this day, believe Perot was running as a Democratic operative to get Clinton elected. He didn't, but, you know, little things like reality and facts mean as much to the GOP back in 1992 as they do today. Aside from H. Ross Perot's short-lived and quite entertaining political career, the infomercial launched the all-commercial, all-the-time television channels like Home Shopping Network and QVC, where the programming is the commercial. And what is annoying about these poorly produced, utterly ubiquitous things is they just became such a huge part of our cultures from the 90s through today. How did this work? Simply put, they made a shit ton of them. They filled the space that needed to be filled and made money where no money was being made before. Were the products and services good? No. They were as bad as the production values on the commercial selling them. Were many of them outright scams and frauds? Oh, Hell yes. But hey, that isn't a problem for the TV stations running them. In radio, there's a concept of a needle mover, meaning that so long as some kind of sound is going over the airwaves, everything's fine. Nature abhors a vacuum, and capitalism abhors a money vacuum just the same. So they created infomercials to fill the empty hours where not enough people were tuned in to make it work selling things that were more valuable on that airtime. And look, Broadcast television isn't dead yet, but it ain't healthy either. There still isn't a viable replacement for a lot of things that TV does, news, sports, the award shows, that kind of thing. But time, prime time doesn't draw like it used to, so more and more space is being ceded to this kind of paid content. Cable, after midnight, is nothing but infomercials on like 75% of the ludicrous number of channels there are on your average cable plan. And eventually, we will cross some sort of shit threshold where they'll just be infomercials all the time. I mean, Fox News has actually managed to find a way to make the actual news an infomercial for the GOP because Tucker fucking Carlson is a sham well guy in a fucking bow tie selling fascism. So, you know what? At least, at least we got all the parody ads which dominated Saturday Night Live and eventually the early internet. Do you hate yourself and your family but hate haircuts even more? Introducing the Floby Precision Haircutting System. Get that freshly sucked hair you've always dreamed of without leaving the house. You can suck your whole family, mom, sister, and watch Uncle Steve suck himself. Looking good, Steve. That is it for our show this week. Look, I told y'all. There's going to be a lot of filler content for the last few weeks of the year, so don't be coming around here looking for some kind of deep thoughts about the big issues of the past or the current day or any other time. We are basically a TV station at 2 a.m. We're just putting whatever shit up we can sell. Speaking of barely trying, rate and review us so others can find us and figure out that you know, you're just barely trying to suggest a decent show worth listening to. You should do all the things that Jeremy tells you to do in the closing credits. Otherwise, he will come to your house and leave his Nordic track on your front lawn. Because honestly, he's just looking for some way, someone, anyone to take the goddamn thing off his hands. You should definitely kick us a buck on Patreon. 
because uh, we're still making installment payments on this bedazzler that we bought. And so for me, Dave, just send a stamped self-addressed envelope to P.O. Box 8995, Peoria, Illinois, Bledsoe. Producer, you pay only separate shipping and handling. Gavin, and all the fictional slap choppers on the show, we want to say... Act now before this special office expires and we will throw in absolutely free a second podcast of greater value than the one you're listening to now. It's another fine Seltzer Kings product. Operators are standing by. And we'll see you all next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking? stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. He has no idea what he's doing, does he? Seltzer Kings Podcasts.